the coffee cream and convo. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You guys, this is our last episode for the season. Just the season. Yes, just the season. Um, we're going to be back on June 13th for more fun. That is not a Friday, as appealing as that may sound. Uh, well, but <laughs> that was so random. Yeah. Just because 13? Yeah, Friday the 13th. Oh, yeah, no. Um, but yeah, we'll be back for some more fun and serious stuff and fun stuff and maybe not fun stuff and all of the things probably I'm slightly slightly offensive stuff to some Ooh. people you know you know i'm always here for the offensive stuff i've been offending a lot of people lately i've noticed i've noticed too yeah and uh i'm not one of them so no no lucky he, lucky husband <laughs> definitely not you just been uh getting into a lot of debates uh i'm tired uh, idiots do that to you yes it's very exhausting dealing with people who are not smart no and not just like you know all right it's okay to be book dumb not everybody did well in school we need people to work at gas stations too (sighs) but when you're so dense that you can't understand how gay does not affect the way you think it's fucking frustrating it's very difficult i've been having some debates with people about different uh topics mostly related to um homosexuality right um yeah it's everywhere in the news right now yes and uh on facebook and it's been uh quite a, a challenge i feel like part of the problem is that a lot of people don't want to hear yeah opposing views you might not understand something or agree with something but if someone's offering you a different perspective maybe you should listen instead of saying I know people better than you do. Dick. Sorry. <clears throat> anyway. <laughs> Why are you so quiet? I'm letting you go on with it. No, I had to go get that. On. No, you know. I, I got it well, out. We got the rope in the closet. We'll get this done. Oh my gosh. I said what I said. And I don't take anything back. Either from what I said in our last episode. Or to anyone that I spoke to about this same subject. I feel how I feel. I'm willing to listen and hear your opinion out. If yeah. you have a valid one, but if I'm trying to prove something to you or show you something and you want to tell me, oh, well, you look so-and-so, so away. What, what does that have to do with what I said? Thanks. What, what, what does that have to do with the point? I do look like I can afford internet. I can. See that? That's how you got on Facebook. People I, don't put things like that together I, when they start running their mouth. I can afford very good Facebook, uh, Facebook very good internet. Oh, well, you look black. I am. Well, congratulations. You can see colors. Yes. But that has nothing to do with the point that I'm making. Anyway. No. Moving forward, because I don't feel like talking about this anymore, because I just got my damn nerves. That's not what we're here to talk about today. Okay. Today, we're here for story time. Story time. Yes. I like this. <laughs> today is another episode of I'm Telling with Tommy. I get to do something that I like to do and then talk about it. Yes. But this is band book edition. Ooh. Yeah, got us a banned book this time. <laughs> I, I went back to my old high school days. Yeah. Uh, this is one of the first books that I read that I actually enjoyed. Because, you know, I don't do fiction. I'm, I've always been yeah. that way. I've never really liked reading fiction. Yeah. If I want to fantasize, uh, I'll lay there and fantasize. Like, I have an imagination. I don't need to read somebody else's, uh, so somebody else's imaginative stuff. Very different. We're different in that way because I really yeah. do enjoy fiction. Man. I yeah. do. A lot. Just the facts, ma'am. I can speak facts as well however yeah, now see most people can uh, I say most because some of y'all know who the fuck you are oh god but you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I I've always been that way I'd rather imagine my false reality the way that I want to see it I don't want to see somebody else's dream if mm-hmm. you're going to tell me something if I'm going to take my time that I will never get back 
and not watch something on television, <laughs> it has to then be. it has to be something informative. It has to be something worth my time. I have to be able to look back at this book and however many hours I spent reading it and say, I got something out of that. But you know, the, the, the thing is that when it comes to fiction, especially some of the fiction that I've read, yeah. there are a lot of facts in it. And it's a lot of things that I've taken. Okay, we're going to talk about my favorite book. So I always talk about it. Outlander. Yeah. That's a fiction novel. But there are so many things that I learned from reading that that were actual things, actual right. facts. Um, I like that kind of fiction. Although I do like uh, trash fiction too. Um, yes, you do. I do. I do. Uh, still on my psychological uh, thriller binge reading one right now that i'm really feeling we'll see how it goes um they go from really good to really bad real quick so we'll see. they really do <laughs> they do every day <laughs> always got something to tell you this is our conversation every day yes yes this book is okay but then <laughs> garbage and at the end i hate but it I, i'm gonna read the next one yes <laughs> i'm a glutton for punishment what can i say you know, you know i really only have that one pair of authors that I read yeah. that do fiction. And it's not like I'm reading two separate kinds of books. Like these two authors work on the same book. Like mm -hmm. it's a, a duo who write these detective novels. And they're full of a lot of facts as well. Like uh, it's almost like watching like a true crime thing, only it's not true. Right, right. But see, th that's <laughs> it's, it's good like that though. When I started reading, um, he's referencing uh, Preston and Child's books. Yeah. I started reading the first one and I could definitely see um, why you would enjoy it because it does have a lot of very uh, factual things, I would, you know? Yeah, they, they grab things out of the headlines, kind of like yeah. Law and Order. And they also take things, like, uh, there's a whole book that settles on uh, what's going on in Nevada, out in the desert, where uh, the Roswell crash happened. Mm -hmm. uh, nothing to do with aliens in the end, not Shucks. really. Uh, but they always bring something like that. They bring something that is either factual and can be twisted or something that was put out there that people thought might be factual but mm -hmm. it's really probably not mm -hmm. and they make something out of it and of course the detective is infallible so uh yeah it's good it keeps me keeps me entertained when i want to be entertained I that's agree. really the only fiction i buy on buy into there's i don't know 20 25 books in the series yeah i think so something like that it's a, it's yeah, i mean lot. i'm looking at them up on the yeah. shelf there's literally like <laughs> 20 to 30 books up there <laughs> and that's you that's guys, it. that's we, the extent of most of my fiction reading. We are serious, serious book collectors. I think we have way more books than we have shelf space available. Yeah, I still have books in storage because we don't have room in the house for them. I just ordered six, a whole house. six books uh, that should be here in the next few days. Yeah, good books too. Yes, banned, banned books. books. Yes, I'm so excited about them. But just real quick, <clears throat> you know, we've been talking a bit about banned books over the past couple of episodes. Yeah. Uh, we talked about Florida rejecting some math textbooks, which I finally saw one of the problems that they, they banned. Well, one of the issues they had with one of the problems. Um, I, I get it. Right. I, 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 get, I, I can see why some people might be a little perturbed, but um, not enough to ban the book, I don't think. Um, it's a math book, bro. It's a math book. It's a it's a math problem. It was the problem that I saw was a, was a, a graph and it was something about uh, racism an age group yeah and something i don't i can't remember i was throwing I out literal facts yes and uh they don't want to have that um, well no nobody wants to see that their teacher falls into the most racist age group they have in florida huh. so <laughs> between that and i did reference um a few minutes ago my favorite book outlander um the author her book the first book outlander was banned or although she says it wasn't really banned per se, it was more pulled from school library shelves to be 
quote unquote appraised for age appropriateness. I get that. I, I could see it. I read. But there's a difference between banning something yes. because it talks about how racist the country used to be, mm-hmm. and you know pulling something off the shelf because third grader, third graders, third graders <laughs> shouldn't be reading something designed for high school age kids and older. Right. Way I, different. Exactly. And I, I read that book when I was in my in, in my. I can't remember. It must have been like 16, 15, 16. Uh-huh. Um, there's sexual content in it. It's mm-hmm. not like super explicit. She definitely insinuates more than she says. Right. Um, but there's a, like a good couple chapters. It's just straight, you know, honeymoon <laughs> stuff. Right. Um, but that's not the overall theme of the book. And it makes me wonder, though, if it's if it's because of that or if it's more because of how they were portraying England and how they were treating Scotland at the time. You know what I mean? It could have been one of those things. It's tough to call because they just throw whatever label they can fit on it. Right. And that's it. Right. So uh, one thing I noticed I found actually uh, was that according to PEN America, which is a literary and free expression advocacy uh, organization, between July of 2021 and March of 2022, 1,586 books were banned in 86 school districts in 26 states across the country. Uh, Texas has the highest number of banned books. They have Surprise. 713, uh, followed by our state, Pennsylvania. With you four. know, Texas, who refused to tell the black people that they weren't slaves anymore until the government <laughs> came down and started shooting people. <laughs> uh, Pennsylvania has 456, and Florida has 204. Three of the Trumpist states we have. Mm. Um, didn't see that coming though. The books that were banned were are typically related to the LGBTQ community and people of color. Surprise. Um, and, uh, there's actually a list of six, the six most banned books in the school districts. Um, which is interesting. And those are the six books that I actually ordered the other day that yeah. I will be reading for myself. Cause I would like to know me personally wants to know why. Yeah. What, what is what it? is it about this that makes it yes. so that uh, you think it's going to deform your children's mentality? Well, interestingly enough, uh, I think four out of those books. They're all gay. Yes. Four out of those books are about uh, the gay community. Oh, I thought it was going to be four out of six were something other than that. Like, I thought that they were all banned for gay stuff. No, no, no. Um, see, three. These folks. Four of so them. So gay. They're afraid that anybody's going to figure it out. So they have to keep gay away. Four of them are about the LGBTQ community. Two of them are about segregation and racism, although all, a lot of them have that theme in them as well. Right. Um, so, yeah, definitely curious to read that. And what's interesting is that one of the books that's banned from schools is for 18 and older. Yeah. So why would it even be in the school? <sighs> Questions that need answers. OK, there, I'm not saying that some of y'all looking at your your speaker right now weren't ready at 17 to read stuff that's rated for kids 18 and older. I know that there are plenty of kids in high school who are ready to read about penis and sex I and was. all of these things. I sure was. But is it appropriate for all of the people in your grade? No. Now, I'm not saying that it's going to fuck little Susie up and she's going to get pregnant because she read about sex. <laughs> That's not the point. It is that The point is, if it's rated for 18 and over, it shouldn't be in a school district anyway. Correct. It shouldn't be part of their library. I'm Correct. not saying you shouldn't be allowed to bring the book to school. I'm not talking about what DeSantis is saying, talking about burning all these banned books. But, I mean, first of all, before I go any further, I can just look at DeSantis and tell he knows what black penis skin tastes like. So I'm pretty sure that's why he doesn't like this gay stuff. Oh, Tommy. Oh, 
aside from that shit <laughs> i'm not co-signing that one at all motherfucker just trying to make people stupid so that they don't see how dumb he is i just feel like what you said you made a good point um not every child is ready for a certain subject matter yeah now when i was i told you mom used to have bathroom books yeah so when i was 14 15 16 she had the bathroom books and there was a, quite a few of them that were those trashy romance novels i read all of those things it didn't make me want to go out and hop on every penis i saw thank but, goodness for that no but Phew. <laughs> some of them were actually pretty good outside of the trash there were some pretty good historical novels that i enjoyed right. reading um and i read them way before i think maybe um people my age should have been reading them right but and because of that you would have been aware if someone was touching you inappropriately and they don't want that Heidi I guess they not. don't want that <laughs> you have to be molested against your will like everybody else in Florida uh, it's okay? crazy it's crazy you don't like it move to Ohio I feel like people are really afraid of their children wanting to know about sex and wanting to they know are. about themselves and exploring themselves it's very bizarre to me reading a book about sex doesn't make you want to go have sex reading a book well, maybe I don't know so it depends on the book. Depends really. on the book. I, I've read quite a bit. Because again, some books should be banned from school. If they had like Fifty Shades of Grey in the book in the school library, that would be a problem, I think. But that's just me. <laughs> again, some kids are able to handle that kind of thing. And I feel like the kids who can't are not the ones who are going to pick up that giant ass book and try to read it. It's a trashy book, Fifty Shades of Grey. Of course I, it is. I that's why they made it a movie. No, like, I don't mean like trashy, like oh, sexually trashy. I mean, like, it was bad. It was a badly written book. I couldn't get past the first, like, two chapters of that book. And I tried more than one time. See, so kids will love it. I guess so. I guess. People love reading shit that seems like they could have wrote it. I guess. I've, I've read my share of smut and that was not in the list of good trashy novels anyway anyway i say we said all of that to, anyway uh, <laughs> uh to go back around full circle to talk about what we are discussing today today so today's story is of mice and men by john steinbeck it's a good one told by tommy though very small oh yeah this definitely ain't gonna be a <laughs> fucking book i'll tell you that right now <laughs> and this shit is a novella like it ain't even a novel it's, yeah it's, it's a short story the whole thing happens over the course of I don't know, three and a half days something like that okay uh it's a rather significant kind of story though it is significant perhaps isn't the word maybe poignant would be a better word because um it's again it's a very easy reader uh it's short yeah it's direct it's right into the story from page one and the story ends on the last page i mean it sounds obvious right but yeah. there's there's no cleanup there's no tying things together like that's it this is this is the way it is so you, it's an abrupt you, ending you, yes and an abrupt mm -hmm. beginning you jump into these guys lives on a thursday and you jump right the fuck back out on a sunday so you mean it starts in media race i don't know what the hell that is it means in the middle of things okay come on you're a nerd you're a book reader well how you don't know that i don't read fiction that's not a fiction thing i never heard it in uh factual so latin Oh, that's why. I haven't had Latin since high school. I don't know. I I didn't uh, take any Latin classes. I just know like certain things. That's all, you know, here and there. You know, I pick up stuff random. Um, when, when I was in Latin in high school, my teacher used to call me Max, short for Maximilian Limax. Which, which means? This translates into the biggest slug. Oh, God. <laughs> yes, because I refuse to do anything in her class. I test well, but I'm not doing any extra work. I'm here to learn not to do work. Wow. Fuck off. Which is weird because <laughs> when you tell me stories about you in school, like you're a very intelligent person. It's amazing you didn't do well. Well, like I said, I always tested well. I just never did the work. The only time I didn't test well is if I didn't like the teacher, I wouldn't do anything for them. You don't piss me off and then get 
the next 50 or 60 days worth of <laughs> me going, yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. No, fuck you, man. I'm putting my name on that shit. And I'll throw it right in the garbage can next to your desk for you so that you can just reach in there, put your little zero on it, and I can go to my you next class. You were such an obnoxious kid. I swear. No, I'm an obnoxious man. Mm. Mm. I didn't say that part. I just said, mm. Yeah. Take it as you want to. So That's my why we're married. <laughs> you know, that was one of those books that I've read a lot of classic novels. Mm-hmm. Um, of My Sin Men was not one that I read. Uh, I remember in high school, we had options to read certain books. And yeah. that was one that I did not read. Okay. Um, so this is not a story that I'm very familiar with. And this is the first time here, y'all. He is not, I made sure that he did not tell me yeah. the story at she all. She doesn't even have show notes or anything. I have it's nothing. All, it's all new to her, too. Yes. So I'm 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 learning as you guys do. I ran this shit by Samad. Yep. Uh, he didn't even get the whole thing. He just got a modified version of the modified story. Yeah. And he enjoyed it. So I think you guys will get a kick out of it. Okay, hopefully I do. You're a pretty decent se- storyteller. So let's yeah, I do my it. best. I pick out what I like. Uh, I like you your, know, your way of telling stories. Is you downplay pretty... what I don't. <laughs> uh, before, before the story, though, I want to start by saying the descriptive power that Steinbeck wields brings the entire book to life. Okay. He describes things in a way that not only makes you envision where they are, but you can almost smell the lazy air and feel the humidity beating up on your skin. I like that. Phenomenal. I like that. Again, I don't really read fiction, but after going back through this one, I think that The Grapes of Wrath is in my near future. All right. He wrote that too, for anybody who doesn't know. Okay. I, I I like a good descriptive storyteller. I like to be able to picture everything in my head I, if it's not playing out like a movie in my brain I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm over it and steinbeck is great at it mm-hmm. you're you're not gonna miss the ants on the floor in the bunkhouse like this guy and he doesn't do it in a boring way where you're like all right come on already get to the part where he's punching the guy okay. like it all lines up real nice right. also the book was written in the late 30s this book was written in uh, 1937 so it's got a bit of a sting to it okay poverty is extreme social roles are fragile Life could conceivably fall apart at any fucking time on any fucking day. Mm-hmm. And the N-word is a real frequent flyer. I'm sure it is. So, I mean, there's one black dude in the whole book. And you would think there was a whole gang of folks. Because, I mean, there's enough to label them all. Wow. So anyway, we start out with our two main guys meandering about bullshitting on their way to the next paying gig as migrant farmers. That's an occupation that was very common during the Depression. This, uh, in America, we were going through the Great Depression yep. in, in 37. So... Is real common among the downtrodden and scumbags alike. Is a uh, sort of a this is an everyday tale back then, not like today where you're looking at it like, man, that was some shitty stuff. Like this was everyday for, for everybody folks back then. Yeah, pretty mm-hmm. much. I mean, unless you were very well to do, and even those folks still lived in soot soaked cities. So, mm-hmm. Ooh, say that five times fast. Nope, didn't even try once. So, <laughs> you said it. That's it. <laughs> so we got George and Lenny. They're our guys for this okay. whole book. Okay, Lenny. Tall, hulking figure. I mean, this motherfucker make Debo from Friday look like Devon <gasps> Dudley from WWF. But was he as smart as Debo? He was probably not as smart as Debo. No. Wow. I don't know, though. Okay. Uh, you can't really draw the comparison because they're so opposite in every other way except for musculature. Okay. Uh, but there is a catch. Lenny really is dumb as fuck. Okay. So he clearly has some sort of intellectual disability. This isn't just a guy who didn't go to school because it was the 30s. Like He's, he's held up. You know what I'm saying? Like okay. there's a blockage in there. So in other words, he's he's simple. Yes. Probably, and okay. that would be the nicest way any of them put it in the book, to they, be honest. They didn't say it that way? <laughs> wow. This dude name is Dum Dum wow. on almost everybody's lips. Wow. So George is opposite to Lenny in almost every way. Mm-hmm. He, he's this little wiry guy that you wouldn't even really notice until he knocks out the gym rat for popping off at the party, then slips out the back with the guy's beer and an eight ball he snatched out of his pocket. Oh my God. You know what I'm saying? Like he just hovers in the background being smart and poor. Mm-hmm. 
But uh, he's a scrapper, though. Mm -hmm. so before heading to the new ranch, they detoured down by this river because George wants one more night where he ain't got to get up and go to fucking work in the morning. So the whole time, though, Lenny's a pain in the ass. I mean, if, if you've ever hung around somebody who's really fucking dumb, like you can kind of understand where the guy's coming from. I mean, motherfucker asking where are we going for the 10th time, gulping water right out the river, knowing that the day before it made him sick because, you know, got to boil that shit. And uh, just really getting on George's nerves in general. You made a you made a comment that made me think of uh, Looney Tune cartoons. Oh God! You said uh, this guy Lenny is asking which way did he go? Is this like the the which way? This is actually where they get the which way did he go, George? It. And that abominable snowman. Oh. I will love it and hug it and call it George. <laughs> That's Lenny. That's Lenny's voice oh, doing the whole thing. Gosh. Okay. I did not know that. That's yes. funny. So that uh, it's it. You'll draw more lines in a moment. That is Bugs Bunny because of the rabbits. So, Saying that Lenny is George is is No, Lenny is Lenny. Okay. George is George. But the rabbit, Bugs, is a rabbit. Okay. So the rabbit's George. Anyway. Mm. So these motherfuckers, George wants a day off. Lenny's getting on his fucking nerves. And you know, like when you and your peoples hang out for too long, y'all start getting sick of each other. Mm -hmm. And like you gotta take a few days to like not chill. Mm-hmm. This. Okay. So George comes off like a dick right out the door. Page fucking one. Uh, but he's really prepping Lenny for the next situation, which you come to learn. He knows Lenny ain't smart. He knows he got to keep reminding Lenny not to fuck up because Lenny can't remember shit either. He's not just not smart. He can't remember nothing. He's got the attention span of a field mouse. Mm. So while he's talking at him, George notices Lenny fidgeting with a dead mouse. Hmm. Why the fuck he even got a dead mouse? So mm. Lenny tries to say he ain't killed a mouse. He found it like that. Okay. Not not defending the fact that he has a dead mouse, just that he didn't kill it, George. That's all. That's random. So, and he says he's just keeping it so he can pet it until he finds something better to pet. Made me think of Michael Jackson and the pet mouse that he had. Michael Jackson gonna come up again in this bitch. Oh God. Okay. So motherfucker did what my pops would have done, but without slapping Lenny in the head, because apparently George didn't slap dumb people anymore. He takes a dead anymore. mouse, <laughs> chucks it across the river, and then bitches at Lenny for doing dumb shit again. Oh, which geez. I mean, all right, you got him. That's what you do to little kids, right? Talk about don't fuck this up like last time alluding to an incident where he and Lenny had gotten themselves chased out of town and that's why they go into this new ranch oh ah okay so, okay okay breathe bro it's cool George pulls it together starts setting up to cook their canned beans for supper yes but poor motherfuckers in the depression ate supper they ain't have dinner so he's <laughs> he's doing good too until he notices Lenny making his way across the river to retrieve that dead mouse wow yeah and he lets him do it too he lets him bring that shit back and he's playing in the water and he just he can't. That's it. Launches in a full-on full tirade at Lenny, yelling at him that he'd be better off without him, how he could have made something of his life by now if he didn't have to care for Lenny, indirectly threatening to abandon him, like really going in. Hmm. And uh, George takes him out again, this time chucks it in the river, not across the river, in the river to be washed away. So Lenny is now bawling like a toddler who lost a toy. This, this guy's going nuts over this dead mouse that uh, he likely killed. <laughs> but, uh, but George ends up going in so hard he actually starts to feel like an asshole because wow. Lenny in all his tears starts offering to go away and live in a cave so you don't have to take care of me no more George wow and uh they both know that ain't gonna happen and you know Lenny would be dead in the first week he's not smart enough to get by and George pretty much tells him that exactly so now Lenny's all fucked up his only friend is mad at him his temporary friend is chucked down the river and the dream is looking like it's never gonna come true that's weird so they yeah. have like this this love hate thing going on well yeah because he loves george george seems to hate lenny 
but it obvi- changes. The dynamic yeah. changes, but okay. they, they really lay it down so that you can understand that this is a hassle for George. He's constantly on the lookout for Lenny's next slip up. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's fucked up. So Lenny's all worried about this dream not coming true. And it makes you say, what dream? Mm-hmm. The dream that George sells Lenny about the future. A dream where if Lenny does what he's told, George and Lenny can take this save money, buy a little plot of land where they can build their own ranch and live off the land, breed livestock, and raise rabbits. Together. Together. Happier than happy forever. Mm -hmm. The best part? He promises that Lenny gets to take care of the rabbits, feed them, give them alfalfa, and most importantly, at least to Lenny, he can pet and play with them motherfuckers anytime he wants. Okay. All this guy wants to talk about is the rabbits and the dream like a little kid so to make up for lenny or make up to lenny for being a dick both about the mouse and then again about motherfucker wanting ketchup for his beans because they ain't had ketchup they've been walking for days oh jeez. you know traveling for days and you asking me for fucking ketchup do, do i have fucking ketchup in my beans why the fuck would i have ketchup for your beans lenny hmm. so is it heinz though probably not this was 37 mm. I, I think back then they had catsup oh. <laughs> gross gross <laughs> So, in order to make Lenny feel better, George offers to tell him about the dream. And that shit is like lullaby shit for both of them. They, by the time he's done, they're both ready to fall asleep. And the last thing that George drives into Lenny's head before they fall out is if you get into any trouble, come back to this spot by this river, hide in these bushes, and wait for me. Okay. They, okay. They very ominously make that assertion right. from George to Lenny. Okay. Okay. So, now, when you look at the way George talks to Lenny, you get the idea that George is a manipulative, narcissist asshole. He's bossy, he's demanding, constantly complaining about how much better his life would be. And it's not just this incident. Throughout the book, every time he gets mad, he says the same kind of shit to Lenny. Right. Uh, asserting to Lenny how he could get by, with, or he couldn't get by without George's help, but he'd be just fine without Lenny. Yeah, that definitely sounds like that to me. But yeah. then there's also this underlying thing that I'm trying to piece together. Which also does go along with narcissism. As much as a narcissist will abuse a person to get what they want, they're also weak. Yeah. So I'm trying to figure out what the weakness is here. Like, what, what, what is this? There's something else going on. So now when, when Lenny resists in any way, George threatens to abandon him. I don't need this. You can go off on your own. Go live in that cave. Definitely narcissistic abuse. And, uh, he withholds his brotherly affections from Lenny. You know, obviously when you get mad, you don't want to fuck with somebody like you normally do. Right. But when everything is cool and you still look at him like, nah, you know, don't fucking touch me, man. I'm still mad about yesterday. But you need to do something to be better. Narcissistic abuse. Not always, but it can, it, it's lumped in there. You that, know what I mean? It's well, one of those things. If you're tying, if you're looking at it from that perspective, that definitely sounds like that to me. Right. And also, much like a child, Lenny is controlled by this behavior. He doesn't try not to be bad. He strives to get the approval of his abuser. Absolutely. He laughs at jokes he doesn't get, tries to do all the chores so George can relax. He looks up to George and puts him in such a light that George is like God to him. I mean, this man has the blind faith in George that a 77-year-old Catholic has in Jesus. He doesn't want him to be mad at him, though. He's doing For all anything. of the things. Right? I, that sounds... If, it's very manipulative. Yes. If George is angry with Lenny, Lenny feels like he's the worst piece of shit ever. Not George. George is right. Lenny's the piece of shit because George is mad. Mm. All he wants to do is get back to where George is nice to him. Mm-hmm. And also, like a lot of kids, Lenny finds comfort in the sound of his abuser's kind voice. Mm. George knows that, and he uses it through the whole book. I mean, this motherfucker constantly asking George to tell him about the rabbits or to tell him why they're different from other guys. And every time, George acts like it's a chore to tell him again. Every time, Lenny begs George to tell him. And every time, George does tell him, but he makes Lenny feel like he owes him something for it. 
So to me, as it looks so far, if Lenny was an actual child, I'd say George is probably grooming him for sexual abuse later on. Yeah, there's, there's something about this relationship that is, is very bizarre to me. I'm glad you said that because literally every character in the book brings that up to them. Really? Yes. Their relationship is weird because if, if, if Lenny, you know, Lenny needs George, does George need Lenny? Yes and no. How so? So the next day they arrive at the ranch. Mm -hmm. Boom. First person they meet is a one-handed handyman named Candy. Again, say that five one times fast. One-handed candyman. See? Okay. Mm -hmm. Couldn't even say it slow one time. No. <laughs> one-handed handyman named Candy. Um, I mean, uh, it was a Great Depression. You took what you could get. I, I, I got it. So here you got Candy and his blind-ass sheepdog. Boy. And Candy's cool, but he's fucking nosy because he's old. That's what old people do. They fucking nosy. Oh, God. And, uh, he's showing the guys around a little, gets them settled in like a prison homie, but without the sex stuff. Oh, my God. And uh, Candy been there a minute. Like, he's old, old. Like, he's so old that he does uh, little shit around the house kind of stuff. Uh, he's just been there so long, they won't get rid of him. He's got nowhere else to go, he'll die. Mm -hmm. So he got all the good gossip, all the good stories about every fucking body, and he's got no problem blabbing all of them to George as soon as they fucking meet. So owner of the ranch shows up right in the middle, and he's immediately an asshole to George because, like I said, they went down to that river to, to take an extra night. Right. So this guy's mad they didn't show up the day before. They missed the whole day's work. And uh, George turns around and blames the bus driver. Talk about he dropped us off too far away to walk in one night. So sorry. And, you know, that's a fucking lie. But I would have took the day off, too. So fuck it. The owner kind of bought it. And uh, now. The day before down up by that river, George has told Lenny a thousand fucking times to keep his mouth shut until he has a chance to showcase his abilities. Okay. So that way they don't catch the boot for Lenny's shortcomings in the thought thinking department. Right. Makes sense. Yeah. So now George answers. All the questions for the for the both of them mm -hmm. from the boss until Lenny slips up and fucking says something. Now George gets nervous because you know he's mad, but he can't show he's mad. The boss sees how nervous George is. Now it's all suspect to him. He got all the questions, especially uh, why the fuck you two going around together? Like it's not normal for two men just to go around together. Like what's what's this all about? And he accuses George of taking advantage of Lenny. He says that he's probably taking his pay. And he threats, threatens to chuck George right off the ranch wow. and keep Lenny. Wow. Yeah, first of all, that would have been a mistake. Lenny would have broke his ass. <laughs> so, uh, for real. But, uh, well, is that the thing then? Th that's Now, Candy has already challenged, you know, made a comment like, oh, awful weird for two fellas to be wandering around through the wilderness together. Mm -hmm. And now the owner, what are y'all doing together? And he's so suspicious that he's like, all right, you got to be taking advantage of this dumb guy and uh, I'm going to call you on it. Okay. Everyone they meet has the same question. It's, yeah, to me it's... How are y'all together roaming around? How'd this happen? You're not brothers or anything. Right. So, motherfucker lies. He says, oh, this is my cousin. He was kicked in the head by a horse when we were kids, and now his mom's dead, so I let him come around with me and I take care of him. Like, that's it. We just, we just cousins. And the guy is skeptical. He tells him, I'm going to keep an eye on you, but then he's just like, for now, you'll be working with a guy named Slim, so when he comes by, he'll tell you what to do for tomorrow. That's, it's weird, because even if I don't know. I, I, I'm listening. I'm listening. I hope so, because there's a lot more. Uh, sure. So, boss leaves. George is bitching at Lenny again. Like, every fucking time nobody's around, he's bitching at Lenny about fucking everything up. When he when he realizes about halfway into this fucking rant that somebody's listening, old man Candy knows mm. he ass old man. So he turns around to old man like, yo, why you minding my fucking business? And the old man's just like, nah, fam. Like, I don't give a fuck about your mm -hmm. business. I'm minding mines. I don't want no trouble. I just didn't want to walk in on you, you know, yelling at your bitch. Wow. So, as if things weren't thick enough now, in walks the owner's son, Curly. 
this this guy this guy he embodies all of the things you don't like about society he's spoiled you (laughs) as people okay he's rude he's spoiled he thinks he's better than everybody i mean whoo y'all see dude dude real swishy with it too swishy yeah Mm -hmm. he got the fat outfit on but he got some high heel boots with it got a work glove on one hand like michael jackson like Uh full mike jack style coming out here pimping okay and uh you would figure that he'd be the first one to be like oh i know why these two guys are rolling together but uh nope he starts off by asking anybody if they've seen his wife okay Uh uh-huh and uh then he leads into throwing all the shade at the two new guys george and lenny now george ain't no fucking punk he don't let this dude talk to him like one either but lenny is scared shitless this guy is so afraid of violence as big and like muscular as this guy is he's afraid of violence he hates the thought of it okay so now curly sees lenny can't get right just from the way he talks so he starts fucking with him trying to intimidate him trying to make him talk when he doesn't want to because you know george has told him again a thousand fucking times keep your mouth shut don't talk to anybody so curly just kind of gets a kick out of intimidating lenny until george steps up and is like yo you better get the fuck out of here and the dude is still like whatever but he leaves once that bitch is out Candy starts telling George his motherfucker likes to pick fights with big guys just to show off because he was a Golden Gloves boxer uh, and he has a complex about being little. Okay. I think it's more a complex about him being very feminine, but they don't really get into that. Right. Okay. Candy also tells him that the glove Curly wears on that one hand is <laughs> the reason is because it's full of Vaseline so he can keep his hands soft when he touches his wife, who he also happens to say is a little hoe who be fucking the help behind his back. And Curly suspects it, but he doesn't know it. So now you got this so spoiled you- kid out here with Napoleonic syndrome. Clearly. Picking on big dudes, trying to pick fights with people who go and whip his ass. And he's out here with his wife cheating. The, through the whole book, they show up in everywhere the characters are. Have you seen my husband? Have you seen my wife? Over and over and over again. These two, you get the idea that they never see each other and they're trying not to. Interesting. Yes. So after all that they get the the story about curly settled in you know george is just sitting around telling lenny keep the fuck away from this dude and you know boom candy goes doing chores chores george starts in on lenny again stay away from curly he ain't shit right you're gonna get fired if you fuck his punk ass up Uh, uh, uh. stressing again if you get into any trouble hide in the brush down by the river and wait for me see this sounds like something that happened before basically it was alluded to already because there's still the question of why they left where they were and ended up Mm -hmm. at this new place and it seems like he's already prepared with, the, with an exit strategy just in yes. case Lenny does something that he's not supposed to do or opens exactly. his mouth or whatever. That's that's the feeling you're supposed to get by this point. Yeah. Okay. Um. Right on cue. Here comes the whore wife supposedly looking for her husband, Curly. Mm-hmm. And she takes the opportunity to flirt with George and Lenny in completely over the top whore fashion. Gross. Until our man Slim shows up. who We haven't heard from yet. Right. But uh, she tries flirting with him too. And he, he's like a cowboy. His motherfucker just shuts it the fuck down and tells, tells her Curly's at the house. She should go find him there. You know, mind her own fucking business. Leave his men alone. Who's Slim again? Slim is the guy who is going to be their boss. Okay, got it. So Lenny, instantly infatuated with this woman. And uh, apparently she's not much of a looker. Uh, they make a, a real point to tell you how caked on her makeup is. Mm-hmm. But, uh... She flaunts it like she's hot, so maybe she was hot for 37. I don't know. It was the 1900s after all. Uh, just real quick. <clears throat> Slim is not the owner of the ranch, correct? No. Okay, good. In this time of backbreaking labor, poverty wages, 
which sounds a lot like now, but it's not. Huh. Uh, skilled workers were heralded as peasant heroes among the plebeians. Like you were really somebody. Skilled right. labor meant that you could eventually afford your own land, maybe start your own business one day. You were ideal for marriage among the working class, and it was a real come up. So is that the goal, maybe? George's goal? That is not George's goal. Okay. But uh, Slim is that highly skilled and highly respected guy. Okay. And, and I mean by everybody on the ranch. Like the kind of shit where when there's a loud discussion about some shit, Slim can speak at his normal level on it and motherfuckers will shut the fuck up and listen to what he's got to say. If there's a fight going on and Slim says stop, motherfuckers stop. If Slim says go, motherfuckers ask where to on the way out the door. Like they got that kind of respect for this guy. He'll fuck you up and he's going to outwork you. He's the boss and he's the boss for a reason. When I say jump, you say how high. Exactly. While you're jumping. So... Heads are chilling, talking shit when this fat dude named Carlson come in, talk about Slim's dog just had nine puppies. Nine of them. Mm-hmm. Bitch had nine puppies. Okay. So, <laughs> true to the live and let die attitude that comes with poverty and strife. Anybody from the ghetto fucking understands this next point. Uh, Slim admits he drowned the first four puppies right away so his dog wouldn't be overwhelmed. What? Yeah, no, nobody bats a nine. It's normal shit. Kills the first four because he didn't want his dog to be... Too overwhelmed with nine puppies. Five is better. Okay. So they decide to go and convince Candy, the old man, to put down his old blind dog now. Uh, because, you know, it's blind. Well, well, <laughs> and that it's dog, miserable. But what that dog got to do with the other dogs? And they're going to give him one of the puppies as a replacement. Uh, they're going to try to. Uh, and to Lenny's absolute glee, Slim gets to talking and decides that he's going to let Lenny have one of the pups too, as long as he doesn't turn into a piece of shit like his friend George. Okay. So next day comes, they all filter in after work. They don't tell you nothing about work. You don't get to hear about the shit in the fields, all the dumb shit. They just, they skip right over it. So today after work, George and Slim get to know each other a little bit while Lenny's off petting his new dog, uh, which is all that motherfucker wants to do now. Pet the dog, talk about the rabbits. So Slim's telling George now how he's impressed with Lenny's drive and his superhuman strength out there in the fields. And George, the biggest salesman ever, trying to hold Lenny up on his fucking pedestal mm-hmm. so that they don't ever get thrown out of here right you know emphasizing you know he ain't smart but he's more useful than most of these other fucking idiots like you get him out there in the field and that's where lenny shines like he, you just you tell him to throw that bale of hay he'll do it by himself like he, there's no problems he gonna do what he gotta do exactly okay. this monster out there the monster shit okay okay slim makes the same observation that pretty much everybody else does in the book he finds it odd that two guys would travel around together and that george takes care of lenny in the way that he does so do they, I, I, don't, I don't know if this is a spoiler, but I'm, I'm going to put it out here there because I really I'm just I'm, I'm trying to put this together. Is are they in a homosexual relationship? Well, maybe, maybe if we get through it. OK, you'll you'll, you'll see in the end. OK, uh, so George is just like, nah, we're from the same hood. His Aunt Clara was cool. So I promise I'd take care of him, okay. which is different to what he said to the owner. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. not cousins. Mm-hmm. They're just from the same area and Clara was nice. Aunt Clara seems to be the lady who gives cookies to all the kids in the neighborhood when she makes them. Okay. You know, she she took on this uh imbecilic uh nephew that she had, raised him up, gave him all the things, made him feel spoiled even though they had nothing, that kind of thing. Gotcha. But then this bitch admits that he used to abuse Lenny. He used to bully Lenny. Pull pranks on it. Yeah, George. Oh. He's telling Slim all this stuff while nobody's around mm. and how he used to make him do dumb shit just to get a laugh. Like, this was something he didn't want to do, but he felt like he had to do it. He had to take care of Lenny because he owed Aunt Clara something. Okay. Until one day, he convinces Lenny to jump in a river because he thought it'd be funny that Lenny can't swim and, oh, you jumped in the water. What are you going to do? But then Lenny almost drowned. He had to fucking save him. Wow. So he felt real bad. He felt real bad about that and he decided that he's going to do better by Lenny. 
Okay. Ish. Because, I mean, obviously he's not doing that much better by him. He's just mm-hmm. not making him do dumb shit anymore. Mm-hmm. So Slim from these streets too. So he's like, how the fuck y'all such good workers, but y'all had to come out here to get work. Because <laughs> apparently this is like kind of a more off the grid than regular off the grid in the 30s. Okay. So George tells him the truth about what happened in that last town. And I couldn't wait to, to get to it. I'm curious. So here's George and Lenny minding their own business. Lenny, of course, minded more of George's business than his own. Right. When Lenny spots this girl in a red dress and decides that he really wants to touch this dress. Not the woman, oh. the dress. Because you know he got a thing for pet and shit. Right. So he goes right up like a little kid would do and grabs a hold of it. Mm. Now some giant runs up on this woman, grabs a dress and starts stroking it like a fucking weirdo. Mm. She starts screaming that he's trying to rape her. Because, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a thing. Especially back then. Like, if someone grabs onto you, it's probably rape no matter who you are. So, Interesting Lenny, that it's a red dress, too, because that might imply a prostitute, but see? Could be. Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't seem that way, though, because okay. people actually listened to her when she started screaming for rape. Okay. Uh, Lenny panics, grips the dress up even tighter, okay. and he's frozen stiff right. with fear until George literally beats him off with a fence picket to the dome. Wow. Uh, so now they got the lynch mob looking for him, and uh, they got to flee. Wow. So just like bank robberies, as long as you're not there when the authorities get there, he didn't do it. Wow. So they bounced out. They're on the lamb. They're going to this other joint. Gotcha. Okay. So in comes Lenny with his fucking puppy. And George starts bitching at him for taking it away from his mother in the stable and telling him it's still too small for him to handle. You want to kill this like you killed the mouse? What's your fucking problem? How many times I got to tell you? Leave it on the fucking ground and touch it nice. Yeah. Like, that's it. <sighs> that's about when Carlson comes in. That's the fat dude who was talking about the puppies earlier. Okay. And he's trying to get handy candy to kill his dog. The old man loves his dog and ain't trying to hear it. At all. He's like, yo, I've had this dog since it was a puppy. Mm-hmm. You know, I was a young man. I've had this dog, I don't know, 40 fucking years, whatever the fuck. But uh, obviously, the dog years. doesn't live 40 years. No. However long, he's had this dog its entire fucking life. It's a part of him, and it's the only thing he's got. Mm-hmm. As an old man who can die at any time, worked his whole life away, this dog's all he's got. But, uh, sad hand falls on Candy because Slim gives the nod of approval. And uh, that kind of means that Candy has to agree because you don't you don't go against what Slim says. Slim wow. thinks the dog should be put out of its misery, so Candy got to go shoot his dog. Wow. Candy says he can't. He'll agree to let Carlson shoot it because he's the piece of shit who's anxious to do it, but he don't want nothing to do with it. Okay. So Carlson shot the whole homie's dog, man. Wow. All right, so that's all over. He's, he's fucking depressed and staring at the wall all fucking night, Candy. But uh, later on, Slim's over at the stable, helping out in the stable with the stable hand, who is a black dude, the only black guy we'll see in this story. Mm-hmm. And uh, the rest of the gang is chilling, playing cards, talking shit like guys do. When Curly comes in for about the third goddamn time, asking if anybody's seen his wife, trying to be a fucking dick to everybody, picking fights and picking on people because he's the shit and his daddy owns his ranch. Mm-hmm. So no one knows where the wife is. No one has any idea. They haven't seen her since the last time she came in looking for him. Mm-hmm. So... This motherfucker asks where Slim's at. Because he thinks he can catch Slim fucking his wife. Oh, so he thinks his, his wife is out there throwing that ass in a circle. Yeah, in okay. the stable. Uh, with Slim. Gross. So one of these fools is like, yo, Slim over at the stable. Why don't you go take this up with him? Because, mm. you know, like I said, Slim can handle himself. People right. are afraid of Slim. He's respected, yep. But Curly likes to set the big guys up and knock them down if he can. Mm-hmm. So Curly sets off like he going to do something. And half the homies in the in the crib is like, yo, we're going to go watch this fucking fight. So they, they move down there like a gang of misfit fucking toys. I mean, you ain't seen miscreants like this since Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Oh, God. <coughs> Excuse me. Jeez. And uh, while they all gone, George takes the opportunity to tell Lenny again, 
Stay clear to women because they trouble waiting to happen. Stay clear to Curly. He's trouble waiting to happen. Mm-hmm. So what does Lenny do? Gets all these wor- words of warning and all this drama's going down. And goes right to Curly. This motherfucker wants to know about the rabbits. <laughs> okay. Tell me about the dream again, George. George is mad. Okay. I'm trying to tell you, son. You're going to get us fucked over. We're going to get hung this time. <sighs> so he starts telling Lenny the story after making him feel guilty about it. Right. And it's going to put him in bed. You know what I mean? Like, he, he's so into it. It's going to put them both to bed. And now Candy's there. He's one of the last guys who didn't go see the rumble. So he's listening like another motherfucker at the sleepover. Oh, jeez. And at the end of the conversation, George ends up bringing Candy into the dream because he offers to put up more than half the money they need. And all he wants to do is live there doing one-handed handyman shit like he does now. Okay. So now there's so like, three shit. on the dream. Yeah, now there's three on the dream. Okay. And Lenny still only concerned about the motherfucking rabbits. You're right. not going to do the alfalfa, though. Oh, and, you know, of course, Candy's like, nah, son, like, I'm going to fix door hinges. The fuck do I look like I can do? I got one hand. All right. So now Candy's told to keep his mouth shut. But you can already see he ain't good at that. Right. Because he's so, nosy. More foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, Slim and the fellas roll in from the stable. Here's Curly. Apologizing. Yo, I'm sorry, man. I shouldn't accuse you of fucking my wife. I wow. don't want no drama. Wow. Yeah. So you kind of get the feeling that Slim slapped the shit at him because he's this guy who ran out of there all tough and he's coming back on his hands and knees begging for forgiveness. Well, he's fake tough. That's that. Yeah. Got he's that a fucking telephone tough guy kind mm-hmm. of thing. He's a, he's he a hides behind his daddy. Internet bully. Yeah, he knows <clears throat> that if you fuck with him, even if you whip his ass, you ain't got a job no more. Right. So if you punch him in the face for fucking with you, you could survive. Uh, you could survive. You could starve to death. Right. Got you. Okay. So and, and now don't don't get shit twisted because this guy is a bully. But these are the most toxic motherfuckers in life right here. Mm-hmm. Unfettered, single, poor men. So they go in on Curly about how he's all kinds of bitches. Like there's nothing they're holding back on this guy hmm. and we all know that rich white folks don't like any of that kind of lip from the lower ranks so he gets heated real quick curly yeah curly mm-hmm. gets heated mm-hmm. real quick and he knows he can't beat slim so he just walks on he's going down the line now there's george he does he doesn't look like he could you know take a tough turn with him either so next best thing right. picks a fight with the big dumb guy right lenny's over there dreaming about the rabbits mm-hmm. ranches and shit this bitch starts trying to get lenny to fight him and he ain't about that life. He right. don't want to fight. He, right. he tries to beg the guy, like literally begging the guy, please leave me alone. Right. I don't want any trouble. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to fight you. Just please leave me alone. And in true bully fashion, Curly punch him in the fucking face. <sighs> so now, Lenny jump up and you're like, oh yeah, he gonna hurt this little dude. He but cried. he's not. I mean, he did cry. He's literally crying. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's running around the bunkhouse to get away from this guy and everybody's just watching. And I mean, this guy turned Lenny's snot box into a leaker. Catch a big home in your bread basket a couple times. Meanwhile, Lenny's begging for George now to jump in and try to save him. But George ain't doing shit. George what? is just watching. What? And you're like, yo, this guy really ain't shit. Right. Finally decides to step in and starts yelling at Lenny to fight back. He's not getting in. He's not oh going to you know, touch gosh. the homie. But Lenny's too shook. So now Slim is looking at this shit and he looks over at George and he's like, all right, since you's a fucking bitch, I'm going to go help your fucking friend out. Right. So he go to say the big man himself, but George stops and grabs on to him like, nah, man, like Lenny need to put his own work in out here. Like this is how we do, which I can also respect that. But Lenny's not smart. Like he might not realize maybe that he got to put his own work in. So he's trying to toughen him up then. Yeah. Allegedly. Show him that, you know, this, this is how you got to handle mm-hmm. punks. Okay. And at first I was like, this again, this is a real asshole move. Mm-hmm. But then you see why. Because when Curly come up and knock the wind out of Lenny, it's go time. Lenny hits that moment where scared again. Mm-hmm. So the next fist Curly throws, 
caught right up in Lenny's catch a mid of a hand mm. and it's all over. This isn't Sylvester Stallone catching a guy's punch and then they struggle for the next three and a half minutes to gain control over the fight. Mm-hmm. This is a man enveloping another man's bald hand and squeezing so hard that this little bitch starts to cry out like a baby girl Good. writhing and twisting on the floor. Good. He got what he deserved. Now Curly's begging for mercy. Good. But Lenny's in that zone like when he gets scared. So George has to slap the shit out of him again oh, a few times before he'll let go of Curly. But this motherfucker gets a point now. To add insult to injury, Slim over top of this dude on the floor talk about, you ain't going to the doctor until you agree that you ain't going to tell anybody about this. Mm-hmm. In fact, what you're going to tell people happening in your hand is that you got to call it in the machine. That's how badly broken this wow. dude's hand is. Good it looks like money. it got fucked up by a machine. Is this the gloved one or the regular one? Gloved it doesn't one. say. Okay. Uh, but he says, otherwise, not only are you going to have to find your own way to get your hand fixed, but I'm also going to tell everybody how you laying here crying like a bitch right now. <laughs> and that's that's the worst part to Curly. Right. His reputation right. could be sullied. Right. You know? right. So Heaven it's not forbid. the high-heeled boots and the one glove with Vaseline in it. It's the fact that he crying like a bitch after the big dude broke his hand into pieces. I mean, I get it, though. He's supposed to be the tough guy. Yeah. Air quotes, tough guy. So that's that's how they control that situation. Okay. And he agrees right off top. All right, fine. Yeah, I'll tell anybody anything you want me to tell him. Just don't tell him I'm a bitch. <laughs> so it's like he a already a, a bitch. <laughs> that man's a bitch <laughs> so friday night turns into saturday night which finds most of the guys out on the town uh we find out later on at this whorehouse that's also a bar and uh finds lenny looking in the crooks area of the barn for company now uh crooks is our stable hand again the only black male or black person at all in the entire book uh he's been widely overlooked so far like you just hear he comes in and he's like hey i need slim's help in the stable and he goes away okay. like that's it okay they don't acknowledge crooks at all because he's black you would think and uh i also thought it was a shame that they named the only black person crooks mm. but they get into how uh that's his that's not his real name it's just what they call him because he's got scoliosis or whatever his spine's all fucked up from years uh... of slavery before he was freed so crooks lenny's not smart we see that within the first couple pages but one thing lenny is is compassionate right he doesn't see a black guy when he sees crooks he sees a potential friend so he's a little fucked up and Crooks starts hitting him with the shits. Mm-hmm. Like Crooks is real defensive. I mean, the man was a slave and now he's pr- basically a paid slave. Mm-hmm. Uh, yelling at Lenny to get the fuck out of his room. Talk about, I ain't wanted over with the white folks and y'all ain't wanted over here. Just get the fuck out of here. So innocent as he is, Lenny's like, fuck you mean you ain't wanted? Like, right. why are you unwanted? Right. And he, you know, he's like stammering now. Like he can't believe this white dude just said that to him. And he finally spits out because I'm black. They say I stink. Well, I say y'all stink to me. Get the fuck out my room. <laughs> like he just he's going in like you would expect. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I thought that shit was the funniest because I've seen shit like that in real life. <laughs> just like Chris Rock laughing. said, ain't nobody more racist than an old black man. Oh, and you could tell when they start going in, man. Mm-hmm. And he's going in on Lenny and Lenny doesn't get it. So he starts telling <laughs> Lenny, uh, well, you know, we might all stink, but most of us ain't here. It's just me and the old man because, you know, they didn't want to take me into town. Now I'm just looking for somebody to talk to. Right. Crooks ain't with it. He ain't about that shit. He's so mean to Lenny. Teasing him. Starts teasing him. Yo, how you know George is even going to come back? You know they at the whorehouse spending your money, right? Mm. What What if he don't come back? What if now's the time he decides to abandon you? He didn't even offer to take you with him, did he? Mm. And he's Lenny. like, well, Lenny would, or George wouldn't leave me behind. And he goes, oh yeah? What if he had no choice? What if he went down the bar and got fucked up? Mm. Now Lenny's mad. He's thinking, yo, something might happen to George. Hold the fuck up. Now he's standing. He's bowing up on Crooks. He's making fists. He's standing over Crooks, getting ready to fuck Crooks up for saying that somebody else might maybe one day possibly try to hurt George. Wow. 
crook sees that shit and settles right the fuck in my bad uh didn't mean to get all you know emotional with you i'm sure george will be back on time and all that shit does does his crooks know about how he fucked up curly probably not okay. they never tell you one way or another okay but you kind of get the idea that he might from what happens soon okay um once crooks calms down and decides he's going to be a human to lenny which you know first time for everything i guess uh he opens up a little bit and explains to lenny that the reason he acted like that is because the loneliness that lenny imagines uh when he thinks about losing george is the feeling that crooks feels every single day because mm. people won't talk to him they won't mm -hmm. acknowledge him unless he's you know being told what to do mm -hmm. crooks feels utterly alone because he's black He's not allowed to spark up a conversation with anybody. Right. He sleeps in the stable. He's the only one not invited to the bunkhouse. Right. He doesn't get to play cards or horseshoes or anything. It's just him and his books. Uh, educated man. They make a note to say that he reads law books in mm -hmm. his uh, little stable room. Anyway, he explains that to Lenny and Lenny's kind of the seems to get it. But, you know, how much could he really get it, right? I mean, I, I think that there's definitely a level of I don't know what the right word is. I'm thinking relatableness. That's not the word, but they can relate to each other on, yeah. on a level, and that's probably that's probably in, in a way. I think Lenny probably understood that that they're they they are similar. Yeah. In their feelings. Nobody wants either of them around. Right. So now, in turn, Lenny opens up by forgetting his promise to not tell anybody about the fucking ranch. So he has an excuse because he's dumb. Mm -hmm. But when Candy comes by and co-signs it, there's mm. no good reason. He's just a blabber. Mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't start there, though. Candy doesn't just, oh, hey, guys, this motherfucker get caught creeping again. Again. Uh, again. Crook's like, yo, who mm -hmm. the fuck outside my door? Mm. This motherfucker's so awkward standing at Crook's door, he won't even look into the room, let alone enter it. Mm -hmm. And it turns out, in all the years, years, we're talking decades, these guys worked together and lived at this place. Candy has never once seen the inside of Crook's personal space. Wow. Yeah, because the black man. Yeah. So now he's taking all the jabs at Candy old ass white motherfucker in here to bother me why don't you leave me and my man lenny alone mm -hmm. but before long they think of steve they sit around bullshitting like old ladies on bridge night oh god an old man taken advantage of to the point that others decided when it was time for his dog to die a black man marginalized and ignored like he's livestock mm -hmm. and an intellectually challenged man who's been called some sort of dumb by everybody in this book at some point so yeah. and likely by everybody in his life right so again now we have three characters, three very different characters, mm -hmm. grossly different characters, but they all have the same struggle. Okay. Yes. I, I, all right. I see all, this. All shitted on for different reasons. For different reasons. All ignored by the majority of society. Yes. Even the people on the same level yes. as them. You live and work with these guys and you still don't look right at them. Right. Got it. That's interesting. That's, so, that's a very interesting uh, connection that was made there that I feel like a lot of people don't see yes and it's important to make the distinction which mm -hmm. is why i laid it out the way i did here mm -hmm. and uh so they all sitting around as friends do and lenny and candy start dreaming aloud about this fucking ranch crooks is making fun of them for it talk about everybody wants land in heaven but nobody ever gets either one like y'all bullshitting you're lying to yourselves i've seen a thousand of you guys come in here talk about y'all gonna get land and rabbits and all this shit and ain't nobody never get nothing mm -hmm. so candy blabber mouth that he fucking is over here mm -hmm. lets it slip that they already have most of the dough so, you know, they tells him huh. a little bit about it, but Crooks offers to be a live-in servant, just like he been around the ranch there, uh, because he wants to be where like-minded people just like get along. Mm -hmm. He wants to feel truly alive. 
for the rest of his life. And he feels like with people who understand him like that, if they can live with Lenny and the old man, they can live with a black guy. Mm-hmm. So they're all here for it. And okay. it's all smiles and dreams until Curly's wife sneaks up and asserts herself and shit. Does she have a Again, name? No. And I'm glad you asked that because Steinbeck deliberately did not name her. Mm-hmm. He doesn't name any of the female characters except for Aunt Clara. Hmm. And that's to give you the feeling that they don't matter. They don't exist. The wife is so unimportant that she plays this huge role in the book, but you don't get to know her name. So again. To, it, not because he didn't respect women. Right. But because that was the time. Right. You didn't know her as Susie or whatever the fuck her name was. You knew her as Curly's wife. Right. Which that was her identity. Goes back to the same thing again that we just, we just talked about the other three. Three different people. Now adding the wife would be the fourth person that again is not is going through a similar struggle that the other three characters are going through where they're not respected by society. Now her because she's a woman. Crooks because he's black. Lenny because he's not bright. Old man because one hand or old man, whatever. The old one man, one hand man. The old one hand man. There what, we go. What did you call him before? Handy one hand handyman. <laughs> <laughs> one handed yeah, the one-handed <laughs> handyman named Candy. Candy. There you go. That's the one. One-handed handyman. I don't know. I'd rather have a guy from Living Single as my, my handyman, to be honest. <laughs> uh, that dude seems to know smoke detectors. Uh-huh. Anyway, she says she's looking for her husband, but she don't leave when she sees he ain't there. Right. Again, she's at the black guy's quarters, so it's a little awkward. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead, she decides she's going to stand there and flirt with all three of them, oh, especially God. Big Lenny. And she's trying to throw the alley-oop, but they ain't biting. Not one of them. She goes on a rant now about how she isn't allowed to talk to anybody either. Now mm. she don't believe her husband hurt his hand in an accident. Wow. And she starts asking Lenny what happened to his face. Like she already knew the answer. Because mm-hmm. she did. Ain't nobody there big enough to do that to her husband except Lenny. Mm. So this bitch pretty much calls them all rejects, uh, among other things, and complains that she finds comfort in that. She's mad that she finds comfort in them being rejects. Wow. Because they're the only ones who see themselves as lesser than her enough to treat her like a real person and not just a woman wow so just to your point that's literally what she was in there for mm-hmm. so everybody especially lenny is fucked up but candy is the first one to speak out okay he tells her she don't belong there and that they ain't afraid of her she that they ain't afraid to get fired because they got a plan they out of here one day oh my gosh uh-huh oh Fucking my blabbering blatherskites <laughs> over here so, of course, she don't believe it because, again, she's seen all the people who come and go from there with the same right. fucking dream and they all die drunk in a gutter. Right. So she continues telling Lenny that he can get the box if he wants it, even refers to him as the machine. Wow. Yeah, because, you know, Curly's going around saying he got his hand stuck in a machine. So, wow. you know, she's with all the the puns and everything. Right, but right. Lenny doesn't get it because, again, not not right. He's simple. So and also he's flat out afraid of her because George has told him. Again and again, stay away from that bitch. All women are trouble. All women, right. Mm-hmm. So now my man Candy tells the bitch to fuck off. And she's, he's, he's going to ride her out to George. She's in trouble now. Wait till George get back and I tell him how you trying to fuck his man Lenny. Oh, jeez. She don't give half a fuck. Wow. So now Crooks is like, oh, yeah? You don't give a fuck when the old white man says some shit? Get your white ass out the black man's bedroom. Ooh. You know how this is going to look. And I'm God. like, yeah, got him. Here comes that fucking sass. This bitch turns around, calls him all kinds of racisms, and uh, threatens to get him strung up in a tree. And I quote, get him strung up in a tree. Oh, boy. With just a word to the right person. When he realizes that she about to Emmett Till his ass, he was, he sat the fuck down yeah, and shut up. Yeah. So, 
Because that's not, that's, mm-hmm. that's the way it was. Yep. That's a win for the bitch. Uh, but the guys don't completely back down. Eventually, okay. like, they, they're still bickering at her, except uh, Crooks, who's, you know, quiet. all kinds of quietly indignant. Right. Uh, eventually, they all sort of, all the guys sort of agree that they ain't going to let the, or take the shit any further if she just leaves them alone. And they offer her the same thing, like, you know, just leave it alone. Everything will be good. She's like, whatever. I'm going to do what I want. And she leaves. Bitch. <laughs> After all that, George comes back with the guys. And, of course, they're all, you know, drunk and rowdy. And he starts bitching at all the motherfuckers. Lenny, for being in Crook's area where he don't belong, leave that black man alone. Candy, because he heard him blabbing about the fucking plan when he walked up on Crooks' area. Mad times, this guy. And he throws such a fit that Crooks decides he's just as unwelcome at that uh, dream la- Dreamland ranch as anywhere else. And he decides he don't want no part of the deal anymore. Because wow. before he was like, yeah, you know, I'll come. I'll be a guy, whatever. Mm-hmm. He disliked George so much at this point, he's out. Okay. Sunday afternoon comes along. Mm-hmm. Lenny's sitting in a barn with his puppy. His dead puppy. The what? Yes. My man is devastated. What? Crying. He's manic. He's all over the fucking place. How could a puppy be dead? He thought this thing was tougher than the mouse. Thought it was at least going to be as tough as these rabbits he's dreaming about. Now there's no fucking way he's going to get to take care of them rabbits. He's sure of it. George is going to be so mad that he killed this puppy after he told him to leave it the fuck alone. He killed it? By accident. <sighs> Allegedly. Okay. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> he's so upset. He keeps covering the dog with hay and then taking it back out to hold it. Like Aww. he's he's gonna hide it, and then he's so sad that it's gone. Hmm. Trying to decide what lie he's gonna tell George. He, I'm gonna tell him I found it dead in the barn, wow. or I'll throw him in the river and I'll tell him he drowned. All kinds of the not smart things. Um, then he gets so mad because he's like George will never believe any of this. The rabbits are fucking gone. I'm burned on this ranch dream. Gets so mad he throws the puppy puppy's corpse across the barn. Bam, he's screaming at it. How dare you fucking die? You were supposed to be stronger than all this. And then, of course, he feels so bad. He goes and he brings it back again, sits down with it on his lap, and he's petting it and talking to it. And he just, he finally admits to himself, he should have just fucking listened to George and left it alone, Mm -hmm. which is, I I can relate to. This is exactly how I used to act with Nintendo controllers when that shit didn't go the way I wanted it to. (laughs) I throw that shit across the room, and as soon as I see a little piece of plastic flake up off that motherfucker, I go over there and I get it. I'm like, I'm sorry. Please work. Now the B button isn't right. Oh my goodness. (laughs) So this is how he feel about this dog. When who shows up in the fucking hay? Curly's wife. Oh my goodness. This this bitch laying it on thick. Like she got that little bit of thorny sass just to show him that she's better than he is. Mm. But she's trying to get Lenny to give in to her bad. Mm. And Lenny just keeps telling her the same thing. George is going to get mad if he finds out I'm talking to you. Meanwhile, he's got this dog covered in hay, like down by his feet, just sitting there all upset. Mm-hmm. She tells this motherfucker that the reason George will be mad about him talking to her is because George is afraid of Curly. She knows Lenny could take Curly out again if he tried to. Oh. And she's laying it on so thick. Like Lenny still saying, you know, leave me alone. I don't want nothing to do with you. I'm going to get in trouble. Right. So this bitch don't take hints or fucking directness. So she just sits by him warming up a little bit going on about how curly keeps her from talking to anyone just the same old shit she was going on in crook's room the night before about how she's always lonely because people treat her like she's less than they are because she's a woman and when he doesn't give in she has oh what you hiding in the hay right there oh gosh so he tells her he says well i was playing with the puppy and the puppy pretended to bite me and i pretended to slap the shit out the puppy and then it was dead wow just like that puppy pretended to bite him he pretended to slap it and then it was dead 
<sighs> I, I feel like people who don't sorry sidebar who don't who haven't seen those looney tune cartoons will never get that voice that you're doing because that's the exact voice of that character it is it's so and, funny uh if you watch the movie with gary sinise and uh john malkovich that's the voice they try to lay on him wow uh actually the audiobook that i went through uh to prepare for this is read by gary sinise oh. so if you guys are fans he does a great job he does all the voices just right he knows the story it's his story nice uh i believe he's george in the movie okay so he really gets it down. Okay. And uh, Gary Sinise is also one of those guys. Like, uh, he's got a lot going on in the background. He's not just a crap actor. So read read more about him. He's kind of an activist about certain things. And you can see where he would get into this kind of role. So anyway, the bitch is like flabbergasted at first. And she's like, wait, all over a dead puppy? Mm-hmm. Starts to comfort him. Tell him it's no big deal. You can get a mutt anywhere in this country. There's mm-hmm. more dogs than men. You get them anywhere. So then she starts confiding in him that she never liked Curly. She just married him to get away from her mother and take a step up the social status ladder. And Lenny, again, not knowing what the fuck she's talking about, right. starts to break down and talk himself because now it's like, you know, you broke down his, his defenses. You took too long to leave and now they're just letting you in. They're opening the door. You can come into castle. Mm-hmm. But all he wants to talk about is the rabbits. So this bitch is like, what the fuck do you like rabbits so much for? And he tells her, look, I like to pet nice, soft things. And now I thought he was going to get some box just off that. <laughs> but she just starts telling him, you know, everybody likes to pet soft shit. Like, even I like to pet soft shit. And then they start talking about all the soft shit they like to pet. Uh, and this motherfucker, like, she's like, what do you think about velvet? And he's like, I love velvet. My Aunt Clara gave me a piece of velvet when I was a kid, and I had it until I, I lost it. Like, I don't even know what happened to it. It's my favorite thing ever. His favorite toy was a piece of velvet, yo. What is that, velvet? Sorry. <laughs> so that leads into her talking about how soft her hair is, and she brushes it out oh, all the fucking time. God, she ain't got nothing else lady. to do. Because, mm-hmm. you know shut up in the room like fucking Rapunzel so all she does is brush her hair all day it didn't take long to, to for Lenny to you know be interested in this hair right so now she lets Lenny touch her hair and he can't get enough of it as soon as he touches it boy it's like that fucking red dress he didn't get to touch back in that last town right she starts trying to cool him off tell him you know don't mess my shit up yo you're not so hard man yo she's trying to pull away Lenny gets nervous because she starts getting loud mm-hmm. what happens when Lenny gets nervous motherfucker grab on grabs on her hair tight mm-hmm. and he ain't letting go so now she's freaking out she starts screaming just like that girl in the last town mm. only george ain't here with a fence post to beat the shit out of him so it didn't take lenny long to cover her mouth tell her shut the fuck up george gonna be mad at me if he hears you just you know shut the fuck up i'll let you go mm-hmm. but she wouldn't because he's holding on to her hair so hard like he's starting to rip it out of her head mm-hmm. and the more excited she gets the more he panics mm-hmm. and the more he panics the more she freaks out mm-hmm. until Lenny decides he going to shake her and tell her to shut the fuck oh up. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, you got it. After a second, Lenny realizes that he broke her, too. Oh. Just like the mouse. Wow. Just like Curly. Just like the puppy. She did. Wow. In a moment of clarity, Lenny remembers the place where George told him to go and hide if he ever gets in trouble. And that's just what he does. Mm-hmm. He puts some hay over the wife. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> just like he had done the puppy. And then he grabs the puppy and heads to the river. He takes the puppy with him. Takes the dead puppy with him. That's like his only friend. Mm-hmm. So when everybody finds out what happened, Curly, asshole that he is, takes the opportunity to convince everybody, Lenny should be killed for this and I should be the one to do it. Mm-hmm. George is afraid that they're going to make Lenny suffer. And like, not, you can see it in George's character now. Like he's, he knows Lenny's got to go. Like this is the end of Lenny. This is the end of his friend. And he's really hurt by it. Mm-hmm. All the work he put in, all the asshole things he did to try to protect Lenny, it's over now. So, so that they don't think he had anything to do with it, 
and so that he can try to come up with a way to help Lenny not suffer at the hands of this fucking piece of shit who deserved exactly what he got, mm -hmm. by the way. Uh, he agrees to go along with him, but he doesn't really abide by it. So uh, he, they get the lynch mob together and they're going in and uh, Lenny meets, or uh, rather George meets Lenny at that clearing ahead right. of the lynch mob right? and spends a few minutes talking to him. Mm -hmm. George is telling him, you know, you didn't do anything wrong. I'm not mad at you. Everything is good, man. Look, uh, I want you to look out over the water and I'll tell you the story about the ranch again, oh, all right? Just look out over the gosh. water and imagine, imagine what our ranch is going to look like over there. And he starts telling him about the dream and as the voices of the posse begin to be heard, uh, my man George pulls out a gun that he mm. stole back at the punk house from one of the other guys who mm. thinks that Lenny stole it. And they're out here with shotguns ready to blast on sight because they think Lenny has this gun. And he puts it in the back of Lenny's head and he pulls the trigger. Really? The motherfucker just got moped out like that, man. Just like Candy's dog put out of his misery. <sighs> and that's of mice and men. Wow. That's not exactly the end. They talk about how uh, George is a fucking hero. He had to fight and struggle to get that gun away from Lenny. So obviously he didn't have anything to do with killing the wife. Oh, of course he didn't. And they live happily in poverty ever after. Wow. Now, wow. the reasons they give for this being on the banned book list, because mm -hmm. as simple as that story sounded, it's very offensive to some people. Mm -hmm. They say that it's uh, abusive to women. It's, uh, it's full of racial hatred and uh, just abuse of lesser people in general. But... When you read the book, when when you're actually sitting with it and reading the way that Steinbeck writes, you see that's not the real reason it's banned. Mm -hmm. The reason it's banned is because it's highlighting that it was okay to treat black people like that. It's okay to call them the N-word 40 fucking times because of the color of their skin. They're mm -hmm. dumb. They don't know any better. It's okay to pick on people who are mentally challenged because they don't know any better. And it's okay to shit on a woman because they don't know any better. Mm -hmm. And it's okay to shit on old men because what fucking good are they? Mm-hmm. So to see that people can actually get along and get over their differences, even though all these other things are going on and the book is going into the direction it's going, these four people end up sitting in a room and talking. The wife, piece of shit through the whole thing, but she's got the same struggle as them three guys. Right. Florida, Texas, Pennsylvania, half of our government and half of these fucking Trumpers out here, they don't want you to see that you can get along with black people. A woman is worth as much attention as you are. They don't want you to know that. They don't want you to look at an old man and be like, he's got just as much right to that as I do. They don't mm -hmm. want you to look at a, a, a mentally challenged person and say, you know, they do deserve a job. They do deserve to be treated like I do. They don't want you to see that even back in the 30s, these people knew it was wrong to treat folks like that and they still did it. Right. Steinbeck highlights everything that's wrong with society while he's alive. Right. That is why I believe of Mice and Men is really bad. I, I agree with that. I definitely took from that, you know, that the same thing that you did. Now, like I said, never heard. I don't know the story. Didn't watch the movie. Didn't read the book. Didn't I, when you were uh, reading and researching. I didn't let you tell me anything. I didn't nope. want to know. Um, but I got the same thing from it, and that's what I had pointed out before. It's it brings me back to something that I don't remember which episode you and I talked about this on, but we talked about our relationship mm -hmm. and how. We're, we're two different people. We're raised very differently. Oh, yeah. We had different life experience. But when it comes down to certain things, we have very similar, at the core, similar yeah. traumas, uh, similar struggles. I feel like we took different routes but ended up in the same place with a lot of things. Absolutely. And I think that that's, uh, that's one of the things that people forget. When you talk to people and you really get to know and understand people, you'll mm -hmm. realize that most people, regardless of the different skin color, sexual orientation 
mental capacity. Yeah. A lot of us go through the same or very similar struggles. We're all Absolutely. dealing with something in one way, shape or form is very, very similar to one another. And I feel like it's easier to keep us separated and mm -hmm. talk about, oh, we're different. Oh, we don't want to talk about this. We don't want to talk about that. But really, yeah. we need to talk about those things to realize we are all the same in one way, shape or form. Not the same, same, but you know what I mean? Very similar yeah, yeah. to each other. Um, and Let, a lot of people don't want to highlight that. Yeah. Let's not talk about how we made Crooks live in the stable for 25 years right. where literally no one ever went in to see except for the fucking horses who shit on his floor. Right. Like, that's it. Right. That's some bullshit. Right. They don't want you to see that. The woman was so worthless that all she had to do was sit back and, and brush her hair. Look at how soft it was. Yeah. Nobody respected her. She wasn't respected enough to even be known by her name. No, she didn't even get a name for the story. Exactly. You have the old man who they coerced him into killing his dog. Yeah, his dog. Pretty much forced him to kill his dog. Yes. We're going to impose our will on you because you don't matter yes. anymore. Yes. What are you going to do about it, one yes. hand? It's it's definitely, I definitely see that that commentary. And I feel like when it comes to a lot of these banned books, this is really at the core of what it is. Yeah. You don't want to make it. You don't want people to be relatable. You don't want to be able to look at somebody else and be like, oh, I get that. I see why you feel the way you mm -hmm. feel. You want it to be, no, you guys shouldn't feel that way. We're not going to talk about this. Everything is, is under the guise of something else, which yeah. I have to go back to the point that you made a couple weeks ago uh, uh, in our last episode, I think it was, when you made the comment about how they don't want to talk about certain things because they, they're trying to protect that dynasty. That's exactly it. This is why they don't want critical race theory in the classroom. Mm -hmm. They don't want it. They don't even want you to be able to say it in a state setting mm -hmm. because they're afraid that you're going to see that their granddaddy owned crooks. Right. You know what I'm saying? They're the guy who shut crooks up in the fucking stable. Right. Not them themselves, right. but their daddy, their granddaddy, their great granddaddy, whoever the fuck. They don't want you to look back and be like, oh, shit. All you know, I'm from that area. Exactly. Maybe my people did that. Exactly. They don't want you to know that the whole system is set up still to fuck over the black man, the colored man, the colored people, the poor people, the same people who were marginalized then are being marginalized now and they're using the law to do it. That's it, the only difference. Exactly. It, In it, fact, it, it's not even really a difference if you look at it because it, everything they did during slavery was technically legal. Right. So again, it's just the rich white European man controlling the future for everyone the way they want it to be. They're holding on to that dynasty with everything they've got. Mm -hmm. I've been heavily reading into this this book banning thing. Yeah. Heavily over the past few weeks, over over the past, uh, I don't know how long it's been, but like, you know, yeah. um, very recently. And the things that people are saying, why they want certain books banned, they're saying that uh, these things encourage racism. Yeah. But it's not that it encourages racism. It just shows people that, you know, it's kind of fucked up what happened to us. They exactly. think that they think that the racism is going to be turned on to the white people. Right. It, 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 that's not. Which is why that last bill DeSantis put through was mm -hmm. such a big deal. Mm -hmm. Now you can't draw any lines between someone's family having owned slaves and who they are today. White right. people should not be made to feel guilty for what their ancestors did. But you know what? At the same time, I understand what I hear what you're saying. But at the same time, at least they can look back and say, oh, you know, I can trace my ancestry back 100, 200, 300 years. Exactly. As a black person in, in America, as a black person that came from a Caribbean family, we mm -hmm. can't trace ours back that right. far because we don't know. Well, now that's not what they're going to say. Of course. A not. guy like DeSantis is going to look at you and be like, because black people were too dumb to keep records. Oh, yeah. You know, I can right. go back and find my granddaddy eight times removed all the way back in switzerland or nazi germany or where the fuck he came from not not because we but, were denied you know, that the same most black folks who came from slavery in their family they have no way of knowing even what country their family came from you can't know when you take a a, 
a slave from one plantation and breed a, a female slave from another plantation mm-hmm. and then send the male slave off. How am I supposed to know where he came from? Yeah. That's how they that don't works. even know where they came exactly. from. These are literally just animals they trapped to use on the farm. So there were no records. They they gave them a name. You're exactly. blackie number one. You're blackie number yep. two. Not you. You're going to be darky. And that woman is going to my quarters yep. where my wife can't find yep. her. Absolutely. So I, I, I understand why people feel sensitive about that. I get it. I understand. But I feel sensitive too as yeah. a black person. And that's why a lot of people feel sensitive about you know, stuff. It, it's got to come to a point where all this uncomfort discomfort rather comes up onto the surface like nobody's going to move on without it you have to make people very uncomfortable with who their family was yes otherwise you're just saying it's okay yes yes now, i'm not saying go out here and slap susan because somebody in her family owned slaves in the, in the south back in the day i can't do that but susan needs to realize that that's what her family did stop trying to put up fucking statues of robert e lee and other fucking slave owners and shit admit that what your family did was wrong. Okay, it wasn't wrong at the time. It was legal. Whatever, however you got to justify mm-hmm. it in your head, you have to admit it before you can move forward. Otherwise, you deserve all of that heat. You deserve every bit of it. I agree. I, I agree. And this is one of those things that I'm, again, very passionate about. So I'm actually pr- pretty glad that we did this story because it definitely points out some things that um I, I definitely have been thinking about. Yeah. And that's part of why I chose this story because of the the banned book thing going on right now mm-hmm. and the last few years with racial tensions from all the Trump administration stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was really important. Uh, we can't get kind of Monte Cristo in here. Yeah. It's too long a book. It'll be episodes long. Mm-hmm. So I chose this one because it makes a point. First, it was short enough to get into one episode, mm-hmm. but also it makes that point. The same point that people are trying to scream in the streets right now. Everybody deserves equal treatment. Right. It can be done. Absolutely. It's a social construct that makes people think they can get away with that shit. And when you tear down the construct, there's nothing left for them to stand on. They have no foundation. It's imaginary. When when someone starts complaining that they can't get a loan from the bank and no one they know, no black people they know get loans from this bank. Oh, it's just because y'all credit fucked up. What if they got a 720? Yep. What if it was something else? You well, don't see that. So you want to say, oh, well, that's not racism. I'm not racist. My grandparents had slaves. Like, that's that's not my fault. This is on you somehow. They fixed that. But nobody's saying it's... And I feel like that's the problem. Nobody is saying that it's your fault. Yeah. That is the thing. It is not your fault. It's just what happened. Yeah. You accept what happened and you learn from it and you move forward. But they don't want to accept what happened. They want to they wanna push it, brush it under the rug. And mm-hmm. that does not work. Why? That is how history repeats itself. Why should they get reparations and we don't get anything? Well, because you weren't sold into into slavery. Right. That's why your family did the, the selling. Be glad that they're not taking the money directly out of your family's coffer right. to pay for these reparations. Right. The reason you don't get reparations is because you weren't broken by the system. The system wasn't designed to break you. I feel like what what, what I read it somewhere and, and uh, somebody was saying that you can't use these these things that happened in the past to shame white people. But I don't know that people are that, that people are seeking to shame them. It's not about shaming. It's just Some about people talking are. about what happened. I'm not exactly. trying to shame anybody. It's I, about talking about what yeah, happened. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going out of my way to shame anyone. It, it is what it is. What happened is what happened. Yeah. I can't shame you for what you. You weren't there. But it doesn't mean I shouldn't talk about it. Exactly. Talking about it's the only way to bring it to light. Uh, it's the only way anything gets solved is to bring it to the light. Talk about it till it's dead and fix it. Fix it. That's it fix it that's all uh, until we get to a place where we can do that in this country we're just gonna keep having episodes like this yeah <laughs> it's plenty of episodes for us plenty of things Fucking to talk a. about anyway y'all 
thank you for joining us for this yeah, season. thanks for listening had a lot of fun telling that story man it was, <laughs> it was a great book y'all should check it out at least check out the audio book or watch the movie the movie's pretty close they do you know a pretty what? good job i didn't even say that thank you for telling me this story i really appreciate it I, I definitely uh i definitely enjoyed it did, did a very good uh storytelling i saw it play out in my head which is right. phenomenal um and i really appreciate you uh taking the time to share that with everyone yeah i enjoy reading about savages yeah. Man, those guys are fucking awful mm, i'm sure you do and then you know lenny with the fucking catcher's mid-hand <gasps> this guy that was great um so yeah thank you for that and uh to you guys thank you for listening to us through this season thank you for all of your feedback all of your comments all of your everything for sharing our episodes with people um and for your patience in our schedule yeah, and for your patience and in our know. schedule absolutely uh because life happens indeed it does and um anyway. that's jeff goldblum he'll tell you oh my life it, uh, uh finds a way nerd <laughs> anyway um be sure to uh check out come to think of it We'll be on a break here at Coffee Cream, but uh, come to think of it, it's still going. Yeah, we still got some shit for y'all. Yeah, so be over there. Check them out. See what's going yeah. on. Maybe cool. I'll, I'll hop in. And, yeah, you know. go on over today. We got another episode going up. Uh, yeah. I know which one it is. Yeah, we're going to talk about that fucking movie. Yes, it was good. This is a good one. Definitely check that one out. Yeah, and a lot of other stuff. We did not take almost an hour and a half to talk about a Robin Williams movie, believe me. But it was a good movie. Yo, it was. Mm -hmm. And we got a good synopsis. It was a great episode. It was fun to record. It was fun to edit. That's how you know I really enjoy it. When I can sit and say it was fun to edit because I don't like editing. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) I heard a couple clips of it and uh, I enjoyed what I heard. So I hope I I think you guys will as well. Um, Don't forget, we will be back on uh, June 13th. 13th. Not a Friday again. But you know. Oh, gosh. With all still new be good content. We'll be here. Yes. All new content. We have uh plenty of stuff ready and waiting to go that we have to talk about. Um sure we'll be getting back to this band book stuff. In between now and then, They're I'm the actually, best ones. Yeah. I'm gonna be fin- I'm gonna read those six that I ordered. Um, which I, I'll share with you guys then. Um, and we'll talk about it. Sounds good. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, six books is better than none, right? Oh. Well, not in Florida, but Oh, uh, gosh. <laughs> they can keep their gators in their fucking bath salts. Oh, dear. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going there. I'm, I'm just saying that, uh, yeah, join us next time. <laughs> June 13th. All right. We'll see you then. See you guys. Coffee Cream and Convo is hosted by Heidi and Tommy Brown. Email us at coffeecreamandconvo at yahoo.com with any questions, comments, or suggestions. Join us at Coffee Cream and Convo on Instagram or Dead Savage on Facebook. Be sure to visit us on our website at deadsavageproductions.com. Coffee Cream and Combo is a Dead Savage production. Outro by Brie. Bye!